In a world where geek is now chic, what was once deemed nerdy or geeky has become fashionable. What used to be odd and different is now part of mainstream culture. The way we consume our entertainment has changed with the advent of new and meaningful technology. Comic books are no longer stories just for kids. They've become all-age entertainment with mature subject matter, rivaling the depth of the very best novelists. They've become a driving force behind a large portion of American entertainment. Costuming has gone from being a small but loyal subculture to a highly visible art form thanks to science fiction and comic book conventions that celebrate cosplay and fandom. Thanks to Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Star Trek, and many others, the movie landscape has changed forever. Through Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, and more, once genre shows are now mainstream rating giant. We are a podcast that looks at the comic book culture. We are a podcast that talks about the cosplay community. We are a podcast that can't help but dissect the movies and shows we watch. We are. We are. We are. The Galaxy Cast. Galaxy Cast fans, welcome to episode 199. That's right, you heard it correctly. We're on episode 199. The next episode is 200. Hi, with me, as always, Eric the Artist. I am not a porg. And I have with me Gary the Stud. And I am one. <laughs> and I'm your host, Bob Christman, who's just Dillian. <laughs> so, so, we have lots to talk about today. Most importantly, this is episode 199. Guys, we've yes, almost it made it to 200. Wow. How many podcasts can say they've made it to 200? Three. Us and two others. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm to, excited. To be fair, I haven't been here all 200. No, I, but, hey, I'm Nearby. Ex- technically, I guess I'm the only one that's made it all the way through, but yes. that's okay. I still feel the love from you two guys, and it's all good. <laughs> I'm excited. Episode 200 is going to be an extravaganza of all sorts of cool stuff. We're going to have people that you're going to least expect congratulating us on episode 200 believe it or not i've got some congratulations coming our way you're going to be surprised at what we got coming i'm excited episode 200 is going to be a big deal and over the course of the next six episodes that's right 199 episode 200 through 205 there's going to be a chance to win some star wars prizes (gasps) right from the galaxy cast so stay tuned listen carefully because there'll be instructions later on and there's actually going to be some prizes you could win from us just for being a part of the episode of 200 to 205 is one dinner with george lucas no unfortunately i couldn't afford that heck i couldn't even afford it for myself so it's okay but stay excited folks trust me stay frosty it's all good All right, so tonight we're going to basically be covering lots of trailers because it was like the week of trailers, and one actually just came out as we were sitting here, so we decided to watch it. So we're going to watch the Stranger Things 2 trailer. It's the final trailer before the show actually comes out. Which is in, like, next week or something. Yeah, something like that. 27th. Uh, We're going to watch the trailer to New Mutants, 
And then we're going to watch the trailer to Star Wars The Last Jedi, the final trailer before the movie comes out. And that one dropped during Monday Night Football, which we'll talk about that later as well. What, Monday Night Football? I'm trying not to, but maybe. Dun, 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 dun. (laughs) Okay, so the first thing we're going to talk about is the Stranger Things 2 trailer. It was an interesting trailer. Uh, It definitely, I I think it gives us some more information than we had before. There's no doubt about that. You know, before, uh, it was all kind of bent around the Dragon's Lair trailer the first time around. And this time, I kind of feel like we're finally getting away from that and more like, here's what the storyline's going to be like. So what do you guys think about this trailer? I mean, is there anything in it that that you think is kind of exciting and kind of tells you some things about what we're going to see? It needs more egos. <laughs> it needs more egos. There's only, what, three in the box when she something, opens yeah, it up? Something like that when she opens it up. I mean, they've pretty much given away the whole Eleven is not dead thing from very early on. Well, so it's not really going to be a surprise. Right. I don't think that's going to be a surprise And I certainly anybody. hope that's not how they try and set the show up. Because I, I hate when... I remember when Terminator 2 came out and they gave away that Arnold Schwarzenegger was a good guy before right. the movie was released. Yeah. And the entire first 15 minutes or 20 minutes of the movie is to set you up not knowing that. And it was ruined. Right. So I'm hoping that they're not... Every time now that stuff is given away in trailers, I hope it's not ruining what the director intended as a setup. You know, Because a I lot of these that. things are cut by companies that's not... The director doesn't Yeah, they don't say. care about whether the trailer gives away things or not. Yeah, I get, yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I like the fact that we've got this weird, mysterious creature they keep referencing, this big black spider-looking thing. Cthulhu-like like, Yeah, like monster. a Cthulhu-type monster. And, of course, they keep talking about it gets getting bigger, so now it makes you wonder if it is a reference to the creature from the last... The Gorgon. The Gorgon getting bigger now, and maybe this is the new version of the Gorgon, and, and it's it's bigger now. Uh, you know, So I still wonder if we're going to have that nice dra- Dungeons & Dragons tie-in. I, I mm-hmm. that, Makes me wonder if we're going to see that. It looks like maybe there's a Ghostbusters tie-in in in this particular Well, especially with Halloween. I know some of it takes place around Halloween. The kids are trick-or-treating as the Ghostbusters. They're dressed up as them. But one of the trailers showed them actually using the box they had to catch something, like the ghost trap. Well, that's why I said that. Yeah, like the ghost trap was actually working. That that always confused. I'm interested in seeing how they tie that in. I just think it'll be a, a probably a cool episode about Halloween, and then the box just happens so happens to work when they use it. Maybe, which would be kind of a cool little mini MacGuffin. Uh, there's definitely a lot more fighting in this one, at least from what we've seen in the trailers. Don't you think? Like the last one was very like mysterious, especially towards the beginning, and then towards the end we started to see a lot of fighting. And it looks like this one's going to have a lot more, at least the fighting action <clears> sequences. That's, to it. that's something I could use more of with the series. It was a great first season, but it was a little slow. Yeah, I'll, I'll I, I could use a bit more pickup in pace. It's funny because I watched the first three episodes. Tara jumped in, I think, on episode three, like halfway through into four. And she got sucked in and we watched the rest of it. And she knew everything that was going on. And I looked at her and I said, do you want to go back and watch the first three? She goes, nah, I got it figured out. Yeah. And I was kind of like, hmm, I kind of wasted my time watching the first three then. If <laughs> she could figure out on episode four. Whoops. <laughs> so what do you guys think? Does this make you excited to see... Stranger Things season two, or is this kind of a well? Yeah, we knew it was coming, and it's okay, and it's cool. I was already interested. I mean, yeah. I already wanted to see it. This trailer didn't do a lot for me, other than I did like the imagery of the large creature, yeah. and I like the scale has gotten bigger. Obviously, they could they probably have much better budget because it's a success now, and it's yeah, a, yeah. it's a phenomenon. So it's it's something that they can grow grow more into. I just hope it's not more of the same. I hope it's not more of, well, there's the Upside Down, and oh, there's something terrorizing. I hope there's an expansion to the mythos and an extension of the plot. That's that's my number one thing going in. 
What about the idea that that, that we're going to go back to the company again, whatever that company is? We don't know. Well, I, I'm assuming it's an extension of the government that's experimenting with whatever these creatures are. Do you guys like the idea that they're they're going to continue to explore that idea? Well, well they almost have to because they're the bad guys of the. I would think, of, yeah, they're they're know. kind of painted into that right. corner. It, yeah. it it's reminiscent to me of the mist with yeah. the uh, top secret government dimensional uh yeah the division yeah. yeah that's what i think this that's what that whole thing is yeah like that's what they're leading up to ultimately right. but <laughs> at the end of the first season almost everyone in that company got slaughtered by the demigorgon i was about to say wasn't most of the guys gone by the end they of the were first and, season? and then i thought there was something that i'd have to watch the last episode but i thought they somehow wrapped up that company a bit like it was being investigated and most of the i thought so killed too and yeah so it it could still be running. In fact, it almost looks like um, the sheriff guy might be working with them is kind of the impression I get. Well, you might be investigating it with the group that's going in to investigate it. Okay. And then the group that's investigating is actually running it again. I can see that would be nice. That you would know, work. Part of me says, what if they're a private entity now? Not run by the government, but are a completely private corporation. Someone funds them. Their umbrella core, <laughs> you know, yeah. like basically some really rich <laughs> backer. Right. Some has... really rich backer has continued on with their experiments and everything else, which actually I think would be kind of a nice MacGuffin to it to, it to change it up and you know how corporate politics would play differently than say federal politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like now, I just hope they don't get away from the Dungeons and Dragons, though. Uh, That's that. my big thing too. Yeah. Like if they don't somehow wrap that into the Dungeons and Dragons thing then to me it loses a huge part of the show. Because right. I think that's the buy-in on the show. The fact that the Dungeons & Dragons stories what ran the entire first season, if they don't do that this time around, I'm going to kind of be a little bit disappointed because I liked that part of it. Yeah, it and it, the it, fact it, that they it, could it, figure out what was going to happen because of the Dungeons & Dragons right. story. That's what sucked me into the, the, the series. Yeah. It was like somebody finally got kids from the 1980s. I'm serious about yeah. that. Like Somebody finally understood what it was like to grow up in the 1980s. And it's funny because... That 70s show, you know, all people who grew up in the 70s said that, you know, it totally nailed the 70s. I, I wouldn't know. I didn't grow up in the 70s enough to know. I was, you know, six at my oldest point at any given point in the 70s. So I, I have no idea. But, you know, they tried a That's 80s show. I don't know if you guys ever watched it. I, I remember seeing the commercials it for it. It was awful. It lasted like an episode. Nobody got it. You know, yeah. and it's like everybody's missed the point with the, the 80s generation. <clears throat> like, they never really have made that connection. And then this was the first show in a while that I kind of felt like, hey... They finally get the 80s. I'll tell you what other show gets the 80s. I don't know if you guys ever watched it. The Goldbergs. Yes. I've heard that that's a good show. I'm telling you right now, if you grew up in the 1980s, the Goldbergs, it's quintessential 1980s. The, the two brothers are my brother and I. I swear, <laughs> somebody looked, watched my brother and I and videotaped us. And I know it's about the actual actor's life, like his actual life, mm -hmm. but it feels so much like my house and all the things that went on in my home. The mother is so much like my mother. I mean, just, it's scary. It's eerie. But it's, you know, it's the 1980s, and it well, has they, that feel to it. I always felt that Stranger Things really captured the 1980s yes. look. Yes. The, yes. the yeah. visuals of it were great. Well, yeah, yeah. But I, I like the fact that the, the clothes are the 1980s retro clothes, the Dungeons & Dragons being thrown in, all the references to the 80s. I mean, even in this one, I thought it was funny that they had that... Was it uh, Bush? Yeah, Reagan, Reagan Bush, Reagan Bush sign that was on yeah. the '84 sign. I remember those signs. I can't believe I remember those signs, but I remember those signs being all over the place. And I just I thought that was a nice little throwback to the 1980s, and it took me back to a time when life was simpler and not as political. <laughs> okay, well, so we didn't have the internet. This is true. <laughs> 
So that was our first trailer. That that one I thought was, so, yeah, was very I'm looking interesting. Forward, to sum up, looking forward to it. More Eleven, more of the kids, more of everything, more Winona Ryder crying and screaming probably. <laughs> More Christmas lights. I wonder if we'll have Christmas lights. lights. Yeah, with with, with uh, letters on it. Which I got to say, for the longest while, because I'd never seen Stranger Things, I did not get that at all. Yeah. Like it was all over the internet. I'm like, what the heck is with the Christmas lights? And then I watched the show and I went, oh, now I get now. it. No, it totally makes sense. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully they. But that's the thing is, I hope they don't rely on those things. I'm very much hoping there's a series of new, awesome things to capture. Yeah. Memes and pop culture. Even and all Stranger that. Things. Yes. <laughs> okay. Strain truth is stranger than things. Okay, here we go. So our next one is the New Mutants trailer. And I gotta say, if you hadn't told me it was a New Mutants trailer, um, I'm not even sure I would have recognized it as a New Mutants trailer. Nope. It's, it, it... If it didn't have the title at the end, and if they hadn't said the word mutants specifically twice in, right, the, trailer, in the trailer, I would have thought, oh, there's some teenager haunted house... Asylum movie coming out. I would out. have thought it would have been a throwback to Saw. Like, it almost has that, like, you got trapped in an asylum kind of feel to it. Yeah. Uh, actually, what it reminds me of is is American Horror Story, the second season, right, where they were in Asylum. Yep. It reminds me a lot of that, that season. But this is weird, because it's a Marvel <clears throat> movie, it's a new Mutants movie, but it doesn't feel like any sort of mutant movie ever. Right. So did you ever, like we're watching it now and obviously it, it really does focus on this asylum and there's people in the asylum and they're being watched on cameras and there's, you know, all sorts of stuff going on there that looks like the place is haunted and there's things pop popping through walls and all that. <clears throat> if, you, if you've ever read the early issues of The New Mutants, it was a creepy book. The, the first bunch were, were drawn by Bill Senkevich. Okay. Who's who was known back then? If anyone collected the old, there was a Daredevil graphic novel with the Kingpin in it. It was all painted. And it was this funky style with crazy uh, line work and mixed media. He drew. It had like a '70s style to it, right? Yeah. He okay. he was that artist who used to draw all, all these things, and he did. He was doing the early issues of the New Mutants, <clears throat> and I remember there was like one of the very first storylines was all of them being transported to an alternate reality where there was a giant like spirit monster bear there was a giant shadow and it was just making the world darker and darker huh. as it as it moved around its shadow would cover an area and not go away and so it was they were fighting it it was this very kind of creepy weird story so i get a little of that vibe but i'm like right. that's an interesting reference to go back to in a movie coming out in 2017 i'm talking these books were from like the early 80s it's it's a weird there's no sign of superpowers you wouldn't gather that these no. kids are are you know other than them saying mutant if they twice. didn't say the word mutant i wouldn't even know yeah you know, so and maybe that's that's an interesting take to kind of show us things that are not you know to cut the movie a certain way it's like you've ever seen those trailers where they take the shining and they cut it into a, yeah. co- a comedy yeah. a sitcom it's how much you can alter something with a little music and with a trailer well what if the whole movie is not this feel but they've done that with the first trailer to kind of catch everybody's attention that there's <clears throat> elements of it that are scary and dark but it's not the overall focus of the movie and i'm wondering if there'll be more a little more superhero-y a little more marvelly coming out when the when the next trailer is released Here's my fear, though, that they're going to make this so horror-esque-like 
that they're actually going to turn people off to the New Mutants, which could potentially happen. And then all of a sudden, <clears throat> what could have been a launch or a relaunch of some of the mutants might be a complete bust. Right. And maybe that was going to cross over into Deadpool, because my understanding was they planned on it at some point. And then that's a bust. I mean, like, where do you go with all that? Yeah. The part, I guess, that throws me off is none of these characters are characters I recognize. Right, there's no mutants in there, new mutants in there that I was like, yeah, that's I'm just trying cannonball. To think, who, who, that's you know, unless that was Pyro in the uh, the washing machine in the washing machine with the hand in the flames. Oh, I guess I didn't get uh, that reference, it, but, but well, I'm trying to remember who the initial new mutants were. Well, there's Wolfbane, there's Wolfbane, Cannonball, Cannonball. Well, wh- one of them was Magic. Yep, and she was all about. Demons and right, and I'm wondering who if was, she's in who was the one with the dragon? That was Katie Pride. That was Katie Pride. No, she Pryde had not she it. had the dragon. There was Cannonball. Yep. There the, was Sunspot. Yep. Who I'd love to see in a movie. He's such Which, a cool visual. It could have been think, the guy in the, the, the top. Uh, that could also thing. be the one to watch. It could machine. be, except he never flamed. He was always dark. Right. But maybe that's just the way they'll visually approach him. <clears throat> then there was there was Warlock. Which was the? Um, I was about to say some of the the actual some of them were actually that group of warlocks that were un- underground. The more that's the Morlocks. Or the Morlocks, sorry, yes. that were underground. Warlock was there. Were, now, what was the name of the robot alien? That was oh, wasn't yeah. that Warlock? With yeah, the crazy, it was, yeah, it was Warlock. Yeah. And then became Duglock. Duglock yeah. later when he he met up with Cipher. Yeah, yeah. Cipher was one of them. Yeah, so Cipher. So it's I think that's Magic Reader. You think it, the blind, you she think could that, be the one back up? Just the, the one. Okay, hold on. We're backing up here, folks. Right there. Who do you think that is? Wolfsbane. Oh, could be. She and has the look. Isn't that the chick from... It's Arya Stark, too. Arya Stark. Yeah, she has the short haircut and everything, so that could very much be Wolfsbane. Oh, I guess I didn't think about her being Wolfsbane. <clears throat> now, who would that be? Uh, Danny Moonstar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who? Danny Moonstar. Oh, Moonstar. Okay. Him. And That's the guy from uh, Stranger Things, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Now, Moonstar's got a necklace on. Let's look at that. Well, she's, yeah, she, she's, she's Native American. Yeah. I know, but she's got the, the bear, bear. Ne- the bear necklace. So that which is that storyline? Which that is that storyline? I love that book, but I will have to show it to you. It's a freaky yeah. looking book. But I have no idea who he could be. He could be Cannonball. He who could knows? be. Could be Cannonball. It could be Rector. Oh a, yeah, another, Rector. Another member of it. Yep. So. Now, wouldn't Rector cause problems for Agents of Shield because wasn't Rector and the Sky? But yeah, she's Sky, but she became an um, yeah. What was a mutant? She's supposed to be related to Rector, mm. which causes a problem. I think. What about the character coming through the walls? That's the part that's driving me crazy. See, I'm wondering if all that, because that's magic right there. I'm wondering if she's she's doing pulling that, in without realizing she's pulling in oh, I guess. The, hell, okay. the hellfire and all the demons. But this is weird. I don't know. I, I, that doesn't, I don't know. That's not the way they portrayed it in the comic books. And well, I get you're trying to get somebody to, to. Right. Now, here's the other question. What timeline is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh. that's true. Could it be early Logan stuff? It could be after Logan. Right? Yeah. Well, I'm assuming it's post-Logan, and I'll tell you why. I'm assuming it's post-Logan. Look at all the gravestones. Well, that, okay, the gravestones. They've got numbers on them. Yeah, but that is a, uh, something that happens at asylums. A lot of times, patients are buried only in a number system and not identified by right. name. And an Easter egg is 1138. Oh, yeah, look at that. There it is. 1138, yeah. I was assuming, like, that's subject number 126, subject number 133. Which it could be. Kind of like they did with it, Weapon X. But it know? also ties into how graves are, grave... I didn't know about that asylum. Done, right. well, 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 which leads me to believe it's after Logan because they're experimenting on humans to make them into mutants. Well, that, yeah, that's what I mean. That's well, what I was saying. But that would be, yeah. if it's after Logan, how's it going to tie into Deadpool? Well, Cable, time travel. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, And Cable was the... 
main guy with them too. Right. He was with the New Mutants for a while. He came later. Well, later. But yeah. He, he Didn't he lead them, yeah. them for a while? Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, he, he was like a big part of leading them. <clears throat> he was. Which could be a huge tie-in into Deadpool two. Could having be. Cable leave well, Deadpool two and then come into the New Mutants and lead them for a little bit. Uh. So so there's all that. I mean, it's interesting, but part of me says, eh. yeah. After watching this trailer, like I actually I would. I would have been into the New Mutants if they'd have done a regular New Mutants, the way we know them, the way we grew up with them. Right. This way, I'm kind of like, no, I'm concerned about New Mutants and what they're going going to do with it. I mean, it is interesting that the the song during the entire trailer is Pink Floyd. Yeah, and at the end, the lettering of the New Mutants looks right, just that, like, like the Pink, Pink Floyd, Floyd font from the wall. From the wall, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then uh, it's we don't need no education. Which, from the wall, okay, so that all right, you know, like. But again, I don't know. It just doesn't feel no, not at all. New Mutant esque, and and I don't know. Does that motivate you guys to go see it? I, it's got me intrigued. It's got me motivated to see a second trailer, okay, and see if they continue with this line. It's actually a turnoff for me. It right. actually motivate me not to want to see the movie unless the next trailer makes a sudden shift, which I'm okay. Like as Eric said, if they use that just to grab your attention, and then the movie shifts a little bit. But I'm not getting the impression. I'm getting the impression we're looking at some of the scenes. And but we, we are. are. I mean, we're looking at scenes, but again, how you edit scenes you edit and how you present them. It. But still, at the same time, that I don't know. I go back to, like, we always talk about, do you feel like you're in that universe? And this does not feel like it's in oh, the no. Marvel mutant universe. It just doesn't have that feel to it. I think the next trailer is going to come out. It's just going to say, New Mutants. At least it's not Inhumans. And that's going <laughs> oh. to be the whole trailer. All right, now I've got to tell you something about Inhumans. And I'm going to say this because I've watched now the first three episodes. It's not as bad as everybody is making it out to be. Uh-huh. And I'm serious about that. Are the sets simple? Yes, they are. I'm not going to lie. The sets are simple. Costumes are simple. The storyline's not half bad. So what all these people are kind of griping and complaining about, I don't agree with them. It's not as bad as everybody's making it out I, to I, be. I will tell you the, the problem with the New Mutants. Or the, the Inhumans. Inhumans. Yes. They took the two episodes and made it into a movie and, put, and released it as a movie. They shouldn't have done that. And everybody is hyped. So oh, there's a movie coming. They, they right. don't. They don't pay attention that it's going to be a TV show. Right. And they see the movie and it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if if you were to look at that as a movie, yeah, it's a subpar movie. But if you look at it as two, like the first two episodes of a TV series, it's not half bad. And in all honesty, some of the storylines kind of interesting, and it's got me intrigued. Like, where are they going to go with this? Where are they going to go with that? And even knowing what I know about Inhumans makes me want to know, like, how are they going right. to how are they going to wrap that up? And it's a shame because I don't think it's been given enough onus, I guess, or credit to give it a shot. Okay. And it's a shame because I personally, again, I've watched the first three. I don't know where they're going to go with it, but so far it's not bad. And I sit here and I look the first three of Agents of Shield and first three of Inhumans. There's not much difference there, right? Right. And so if they could let Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. go and not get dinged well, he, on that. Here's the thing. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was their first foray into TV from the Marvel Universe. Yeah. By now, you, you shouldn't, be, re- you shouldn't yeah. be reduplicating that issue again. You should yeah. be able to do it better. And that's like, gonna, and with how much stuff we've talked about it offline, how much stuff there is to watch and yeah. follow, most people don't have time to go, I'll give it five or six episodes. To me, the big thing is, you know, they, got, they ripped on the special effects. I don't think the special effects, actually, that's the one thing I think it's got going for it. The special effects are good. Medusa's hair was right on par. Okay. When Black Bolt screams, I'm telling you, it's devastating when he screams. So to me, they got that part absolutely right. Did, did, did the planet crack? No. Then he didn't. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they, it, he did some serious devastation, and he barely 
like. Well, you say he screamed, so the planet should have crashed. Well, he didn't scream, scream. Like he he said one thing, and it, it it was he blew up a whole block in a city and barely said anything. You know what I mean? So that that's more black. That's black bolt. Yeah. I mean, they did a pretty good job of portraying that. So it'll be interesting to see how Inhumans plays out. But again, they released it as a movie, and you're right, and that's what right. killed, and that's what killed it. So back to the New Mutants. I don't know. We'll have to see how this all plays out for the New Mutants. I'm not sure if this is going to help them. <clears> when is it coming them. out? Next April 14th. It's April of, of next year. Okay. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. When does Deadpool 2 come out? Does that come out in next February? Summer. I think it's next summer. I think, next summer. I think it got moved to being a summer So New film. Mutants is coming out before Deadpool 2? <clears throat> I think. I might be wrong about Deadpool. I'm not sure. Huh. We have to look it we'll up. We'll have to look it up later. Okay. <clears throat> so here's our last one. And this is kind of a doozy. Everybody went crazy, first off. And I want to talk about this. Because they put the last Jedi trailer for Star Wars on Monday Night Football. Right. Which they've done before. The teasers and stuff were done during Monday Night Football. The teasers, but not the main trailer. I mean, let's face it. This is the trailer. Yes, it is. And they put it on Monday Night Football. And part of me says, okay, they want to draw attention to Monday Night Football. Like, I kind of get it. Part of me says Disney has no idea what their audience, who their audience is. I'm sorry. <clears throat> 90% of my friends who wanted to see this trailer didn't give a rat's patoot no. about Monday Night Football. Because they're not football people. Yeah. They're geeks that are into Star Wars. And I don't know why Disney gets this in their head that football fans and Star Wars fans are one and the same. And I'm sorry, but for about 90% of America, it's just not true. And I'm not, I don't know. I don't know if I'd give that. Maybe kind of maybe it's sixty percent of America, but I, I'd say a <laughs> high percentage of people who watch Star Wars right. probably not that into football. And and okay, so correct me if I'm wrong on that. I mean, right into the show, I'd be curious. Maybe we should do a survey at some point on the yeah. show. I'm curious who watched Monday Night Football. I see. I'm for not the Monday Night Football, and the trailer just happened. I'm not into football. I don't watch it. On a regular basis, but I have multiple friends who are heavily into football who are huge Star Wars fans. Okay. So I know that I can think of at least well, four or I five watch, of my friends that I watch over. football on a fairly regular basis. Yeah. I really do. I played football. I, I, I'm totally into football. Like, I dig it. But I watch my team and my team alone, and yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. So Monday Night Football, unless it's my team, don't really watch it. Now, I, I know other people, my brother's one of them, that would watch any football game anywhere, anytime, any place. So like, Just because they love football. Just because he loves football. It could be any team. He would be willing to watch right. the Buffalo Bills play the, I don't know, what's the worst team right now? Miami Dolphins, whatever. Giants. Giants, yeah. Like, but here's, here's the other thing. You he, wouldn't he wouldn't care. He With wouldn't care. With the way things are it. now, everybody knows it doesn't matter if you're watching it live during Monday Night Football or not. It's going to be online within minutes. Right. There were viewing parties. I saw people posting live reaction video while watching okay, the parties. Okay, so I wanted to talk... Let's talk about that before we talk about the, the trailer itself. What do you guys think of this phenomenon of people videotaping themselves watching the trailer for the first time? Yeah. It's, e it's ego. What do you think of that? It's, it's inserting yourself into the narrative. I, is it all ego, though? I mean, like, that's... I guess that's my question. Unless... Well, here's the thing. I can see someone I don't doing do it. it. That's I can I see someone doing it if they have a following online. Say, okay. say you're on social media and you've got five thousand followers who kind of are interested in your a social. A life Abby Darkstar, I watched her her, her reaction. Right. So, so if there's people like that, I get it. You're 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 playing to the social media of recording everything, which would involve recording your reaction to. You know, you record going to the beach. You record yourself doing this, doing that. Right. You'd record yourself watching a trailer that's very important to you. I get that. But if you're just average Joe going, I'm going to watch the trailer, I'm going to show you my face while I do it. I don't care. <laughs> you yeah. know, I want to see, uh, you know, I don't know. It doesn't interest me. 
the thing that got me was is everybody's oh clapping and uh, jumping all over the place and all that. Like, I didn't experience any of that. <laughs> I, I've kind of lost excitement for the when the trailer comes out. I'm kind of like I'm interested in seeing it, but I don't get excited anymore. I don't get. Huh. Like, oh my god, it's Star Wars. I'm yeah. kind of like, oh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. Do you think that's because we're getting older? Or that we do a podcast about Star Wars? Or we're not interested in it <laughs> anymore. I think it's because they haven't... Well, for me, part of it was Force Awakens. Yes. I was very into seeing the previews for Force Awakens. Kind of got chills and stuff at you know certain points. None of the Last Jedi's marketing has done that for me. Because now I'm kind of like, it's another Star Wars movie. You know, it's it's... Okay. It's hard to put words on. It's not like I'm disappointed in the series. I'm I'm excited to see where they go with this because I feel like it's going to be a fairly different um, approach. I, I think it's However, huge. we've talked about the cyclical nature of Star Wars and how The Force Awakens was a reboot of A New Hope. Yeah. So far in this trailer, I have seen walkers on a flat planet. Uh, that's white. I have seen. I, yep, I have seen a old I knew master. This was coming. I really I've seen did. an old master spending a probably significant amount of part of the movie training an apprentice, <laughs> who's new to the force. There's certain things I'm already seeing in just the trailers that make me go, "Oh, please don't, don't do a, another beat. Not beat. Maybe not even scene for scene, but beat feel emotional tribute to Empire. Make it new, please. Make it new." So I'm expecting to be disappointed. But. Uh, what did I ask you guys when we first started watching the trailer? What was my favorite part? The walkers. Yes. The walkers. I hear there's a gambling planet. I'm like, that's going to be Cloud City. You know, it's like it's all <laughs> going to be. But you see, all right, right off the bat, you're going in with this idea that you're going to automatically I'm compare not tr- it. I'm not trying to. I'm just seeing it. I, I, I get what you're saying. But what I'm saying is. This is kind of like when people complained about Star Wars being like, well, it's just good versus evil. Every storyline's good versus evil. You right. know what I mean? And there's a story <laughs> arc here that, that they're telling that maybe is a little bit reminiscent of the first story arc. And I, I, I personally don't see that as a bad thing. It worked for right. the first story arc. Yeah. I mean, I even get the sense from the trailer, and we're, we haven't talked about the trailer yet. We're kind of giving things away out of order. <laughs> well, but I get right. the sense from the trailer that... There's a bad person tempting the good person after they fight to work together. Oh, the whole fight in Cloud City where he's like, Luke, join me, you know. Well, he doesn't even really say that, does he? And I'm trying to remember an empire. Does he Does he say join me? Yeah, yeah, he does. Yes, he does. He does try to get him join to change. Join me and we can lead the galaxy as father and son. Well, that part. Yeah, finally when he does that reveal. So is that going to be Kylo going, join me, I'm your brother? You know, is there going to be that Star Wars moment? And it's like, whoa, here it all is again. That's where I think my version may actually throw everybody off. If it is the version I think it's going to be, which we'll talk about after the trailer. I'll I'll get into that. All right. I don't want to know too much. Because if you're right, I don't want to know it. Oh, mine's totally like, I'm guessing out of, out of, like, I don't You're saying, I've heard you say you think it's, you think. I don't have any of the insider information this time around that I've had in the past. I do not. The people I know that normally were, they're Lucas not working. Cu- Lucas has cut you off. Yeah, they're not working on the set, on this, this particular movie. I, I really right. do not have any insider information. So sorry folks have been telling me, like, you know somebody on the inside? I know nobody on the inside for this one. I will admit... I, oh, come on, Bob. You know about 15 porgs. <laughs> and they tell you, but I, I, I know. I know. In the I've last seen, movie, I've seen the I phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So let's talk about the trailer itself. I mean, right off the bat, at the beginning of the trailer, I think it's interesting that he's kind of overseeing what looks like production of a new Death Star. Well, no, I think it's Tie Fighters. <laughs> you guys are Sorry. killing me. Sorry, you're killing me. Walkers. Now the Walkers, walkers are they're neat. interesting. They're kind of neat. They look like somebody no. said they look like gorillas because they do. the front yeah. feet look like they're they do. Tucked and underneath. if you look like in the so there's got to be a point to them. Now if you look yeah. towards the, th- the third one in line here, yeah. There's a at at. Oh yeah, right there. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that before. Oh, so they're bigger than the ATATs. Yes. Ooh, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, those things are massive. They're significantly bigger than an ATAT. Because yeah. if you look in the far distance, there's a small one. Yeah, there's one, yeah. another one there. And, and, and as you look, walking like they're gorillas because the knuckles and all that. And I, this I, is the thing. I'm now convinced that Leia is on this planet because we see that shot of the door closing, and it's another Walker invasion of a planet where the rebels are hiding. Yeah. See, I and, knew we were gonna go there. It, telling you. And, and, and I'm, I'm hoping that these. Big grill walkers stand up and look like uh, <laughs> uh, like Gorilla? Mecha Kong. Oh, oh <laughs> they, they start going like this. Yeah, come I'm on, put, 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 put yeah. up your dukes. I thought you were going to do Gorilla. Put so then we've got Kylo entering an area with some snowtroopers. There's a lot of red. I like this scene though with with Kylo's kneeling and the very plain red background. Yeah. I think it's really cool. And in the back are obviously some of those red guards we've those seen. Those red guards. Yeah, the Praetorian guards, what they're called. Which I think, I wonder if he fights them here or something. I kind of wonder that, too. Like it's a training. Well, everybody's commented, people who costume as Kylo Ren, have said that lightsaber hilt is new. Yes, it that is. That is not the old lightsaber hilt. So I, I don't know anything about Kylo's lightsaber, but apparently that is new. So that that's kind of an interesting little aside at that moment. Then we have Rey, who's playing around with their lightsaber and that happens not, that's not a euphemism yeah yeah uh, that happens a lot at this beginning section here <laughs> and I don't know I, if there's Luke accepting oh, the yeah. lightsaber and overhead shots of Octug isn't tight <laughs> <laughs> the wills that yeah the wills which I, I'm convinced now that is what it is that as you said Eric and yeah. I thought it's interesting that Ray's lightsaber has a tip to it yeah you know that that pointed tip so then Ray, comes the key point Ray, in the trailer where Luke talks about the the sheer power, raw power, raw power that he's only ever felt once before. It didn't scare him then; it scares it him. It scares now. him now. And then they show a shot of him climbing out of the burning temple, which was destroyed, as far as we know, by, by Kylo and the, by Knights, the of Knights of Ren. Right. So he's t- so what you have to assume, if you pause it for a second, he's talking about Kylo. He tried to train him, had the raw power, thought he could control it. Kylo went bad, and now he doesn't want to cha- train Rey. Because for fear, a, that for fear of the power. same thing it will happen again, leading to the line, the Jedi must end. Right. So, right. Which, which I don't think that he's thinking of Kylo Ren being the raw power. You don't think so? There's something we don't know yet? I'm, I'm thinking it's going back to uh, either Vader or the Emperor himself. Okay. Oh. Uh, yeah, and I, I have a theory about that, too. Again, I'm going to tell mine once I tell my whole storyline. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we have Kylo staring at his helmet, and he smashes it into the side of a ship. And then there's this interesting one. Everybody was, like, speculating what's going on here. Kylo goes to fly into a rebel ship. He's got his hands on the trigger. He obviously senses something. He senses something. Leia's staring at his ship, and he stops. Now. He starts crying. <laughs> is he going to shoot? Yeah, like, is he going to shoot? He's also now got a tire mark on his face. So here's what it, I it, think. It's a Band-Aid. And it's, it's the, the, it's the seal of the, of the scar wound he got. I right. Know, but. I think this is just... Editing. It's, it is. I think. It's I don't think the one has anything to do with the other. I really don't. I, I don't think. I don't think all of a sudden Kylo is gonna. You know, like I. I don't. No. I, I don't see that happening at all. And I, I think that was all just a great. Right. You know, mis mis direction, yeah. as it were. 
We have Chewy with a stupid pork on the. Uh, uh. I don't think they're stupid. I, I don't. I still don't. I okay. So here's my point about porks. I would either love them or hate them based on the movie. I'm not gonna sit here and go now and go. Oh my gosh, they're so cute. I want to see what a porg is and what it does. Okay, yeah. if it's just a stupid Ewok that does nothing, sorry, I'm out. <laughs> if it's just a thing that Disney can sell because it's cute and furry and cuddly, sorry, I'm out. I, I just yeah. And and the X wings have a big giant motor in the back. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's a hyperspace jump engine is what they're gonna explain it as probably. So we got all now. This is the weird scene I thought didn't fit. You got a stormtrooper, which is Captain Phasma, with a pike, a metal pike, and then you have Finn, Finn, with like an electronic. I don't know what you'd call that. Vibroblade. Like a vibroblade. If he put that vibroblade on that pike, I'm sorry, it would go right through the pike. Not if it's my best card game. Oh, whatever. You get what I'm saying, right? Like this, this doesn't feel Star Wars esque. Out of everything else we've watched. I was like, yeah, that's cool. This was the one scene where I was kind of like, if that is going on in the movie, why? Who cares? I'm interested. I'm actually interested in it. Are you actually interested in this? Yeah. Seriously? Why? Because I want to hear Phasma call him traitor. Because I'm thinking that, <laughs> well, I mean, all this ties in, obviously, to whatever Kylo Ren's building, and that these guys snuck in because Finn's dressed in, in, he is dressed in, in, in a First a Order Imperial, uniform. Imperial, yeah. The, so sorry, it, it's part order. of the whole sneak in, gets caught, trying to destroy the base. Obviously, there's this subplot going on of whatever is being built. And I think this is going to be, from what I hear, Phasma has more of a through-line story in this one, rather than just being okay. a joke like she was in the last one. She was kind of a joke in the last one. And then Luke keeps talking about, what's he saying here? And I was It's kind of not going to end the right. way you think. The way you think it's going to end, right. And, of course, we got Leia on the planet again. Of course, we got those weird, like... Uh, crystal wolves. Yeah, crystal wolves-type creatures. I think they've been calling them kyber wolves. Kyber, is that what they're calling them, kyber wolves? Because of the kyber crystals. Yeah, so that, that makes it interesting. I thought this scene was kind of cool, too. Almost reminiscent the of Death Star. the Death Well, not uh, <laughs> of the Return of the Jedi scene when when they land. Yeah, and, the Death Star. So maybe that Snoke landing. Yeah. Who knows? And and of course we have the the fight on the planet. Now, one thing everybody noticed about Snoke himself, a lot of people have noticed that's Andy Serkin in, in makeup. Makeup. It's not. That you, is don't think not it, you don't think it's a digital. No. And they were able to, to show, and I'll, I'll have to pull up the picture for you guys later. Maybe I'll put it on on side by side. They were able to show like the dimensions of the head and all that kind of. And, and it's Andy Serkin mm. with just a lot of makeup I'd be on. Interested in seeing that. And so that's I think interesting because at least they're not trying to cop out and Snoke and make him all digital. So it's not a Jar Jar moment. It's actually some prosthetics and stuff put in, which again kind of cool. Could could be interesting. And of course, Ray's getting. Her body ripped apart, force supposedly. Squeezed. Force squeezed, force squished, whatever you want to call it. And uh, The big ending where she says, ending. I need someone to show me my place in all this. And Kylo offers his hand. Again, is that editing? Yes. It is, and I'll show you why. Because there's no fire behind her. Look at her costume. That's what she's wearing at the beginning, or the ending of The Force Awakens. That's her... Maybe she's in it the whole episode. Yeah, but later on in the... In, earlier on in the trailer, they show her in a different outfit, which would be later in the movie. So you're saying this it. is her talking to Luke by a fireside, Correct. and then they show Kylo yes. offering his hand just to yes. mess with everybody. It's all a misdirection. Yeah. The end of the trailer, sorry folks, is a complete misdirection. But who, okay, who is he offering his hand to? To Luke. Uh, you think it's Luke. Oh, that, so, that's during the whole uh, the, the destroying, destroying of the, of the Jedi, Temple. the Jedi Temple. Yeah. See, I got a different thought on that, but I'll, I'll get into mine. 
All right, so I'll tell you my story since we're at the end. Do of the I want to know this though? I'm worried. I feel like I should leave the room. Why? Because I don't want. If you're right, I don't want it to be ruined for me. I, really <laughs> I don't, don't think I'm right. I'm serious. I think I'm I've so far been, off. I've been trying to avoid all spoilers. I, I don't think I'm right. I'm totally. I'm literally like throwing a, a, a dark in the, a dart well, in the dark it, here. If there's any bit of a doubt in Eric's part, just have him walk out of the room and we can talk about it and then come back. Well, I okay. Like I said, I know nothing. I actually know nothing. But here's about... the thing: I don't even want ideas to be put in my head. We're this close. I kind of want to go in as cold. I mean, I've watched these trailers. I've figured out too much already. So I'll you step know out. I... I'll step out. You'll step out. Yeah, I'm honestly going to step out for this. Okay. So. You, okay. So we're gonna give just... Eric a minute, folks. Yep. This just... is a first. Galaxy <laughs> Cast is taking a break. So. I'll, be, I'll be back. So here's my theory. <laughs> Gary, Gary already knows my theory, so this is kind of awkward because I was hoping to tell Eric. So my theory is this. Luke Skywalker is not going to end the episode as a Jedi Knight. He's going to end as a Sith. And the reason I say this is a couplefold. First off, well, my viewpoint is this. That Luke is going to get led into a battle with Rey and with Kylo and with Snoke. So it's going to be like a four-way a four-way battle between everybody. But I think the MacGuffin's going to be, they're going to lure Luke with this idea of eternal life. So we're going to be able to convince you to turn your midi-chlorians into eternal life. And we're going to find out that Snoke, yes, after all this time, was actually... Plagueis. Plagueis. Which would totally play into the whole situation. And if that's the case, and Snoke is Plagueis, he could convince Luke, I could give you eternal life. Because Luke's getting old. And he know you know he he knows his times is kind of coming to an end. Luke, in desperation and in an attempt to become more in touch with his emotional side, decides that he needs to connect with his emotions and actually becomes evil and turns to the dark side. Joins Snoke, and in an effort to redeem himself, much like Vader redeemed himself, I think that Ray is going to need a teacher. And I think that ultimately Kylo Ren is going to go to the light side and become Rey's teacher. So at the end of the movie, Luke is the apprentice to Snoke, as it were. And Rey is going to be Kylo's apprentice. Now, want to know how I know all this tie, how this all ties in? Go look at the posters for The Last Jedi. So here's the final, final touch on all this. If you look at the movie posters for The Last Jedi, let me pull them up here for the video people that are watching. It's interesting because Luke's face is in interesting spots in every single one of these posters. So here's the the one that was released just prior to this particular trailer coming out. You've got Rey in the middle. She's got the blue lightsaber. But as it goes up, there's Luke's face. And guess what color the lightsaber is right in front of Luke's face? Now, Gary, you made mention something about what about Luke's placement in the latest poster, which I think is this one, right? No, it's the one that's got everything on it. But even, uh, even that one, though. This one here? Yeah. Okay, so you talked about the placement of Luke's face here. And, and what were you saying earlier today about this? Well, if you look at every other movie poster from uh, uh, New Hope, straight on, on up. Right. The big baddie is dead, dead center, center at the and top. at the top. And look where Luke is here. And I'm telling you right now, I think what happens, maybe, what really pushes Luke to the edge of the dark side... I think he kills Plagueis and takes over. That's what I think is the ultimate push to the dark side. There's his emotional moment. 
He's going to kill Plagueis, who is Snoke. And he's going to become the master of the dark side. Um, and there's your big baddie. Maybe I think what pushes him to the edge is finding out that Han's dead. Oh, that, yeah, you know, that might do it, too. That would actually would push him over the edge, too. So it would be interesting to see. If I'm, if I'm right about this theory, and I'm absolutely right about what I think is going to happen here in the movie. And again, there's been hints all along. There's been hints in the posters. There's now hints within the actual, within the trailers themselves. So if you go back to the trailer with that in mind... It, it starts to look like, wow, maybe that is the direction they're going with this movie. And it's, it is kind of, I mean, there's, there's your uh, example here where we've got Darth Vader in the background in every yep. single shot. And here's Luke Skywalker in the background in the middle. I mean, it is, I mean, it is foreboding. I'm telling you, I still think Luke is going to turn to the dark side. Remember Mark Hamill had that interview where he said, what you once knew is no longer going to be. And so, sorry guys, just to brace you for reality and for the truth, I think Luke's going to turn to the dark side in this movie. I think it'll be an amazing moment. I think it'll be an awesome moment. I think it'll be an unexpected moment. And that's what's got me excited about this movie. If they do it. Now, if they don't do it, I might actually be slightly disappointed with that. I want to see Luke turn to the dark side. I know that's so ugly and mean and nasty. Especially a character we all grew up with. We're like, yeah, he's the good guy. But like, I like the idea of somebody good turning bad. You know, I don't know how you feel about that, Gary. Would you Would you think that's like a really awesome move for Disney to make Luke Skywalker the bad guy? Uh, I think it's an awesome thing for Lucasfilm to do, not Disney. Yeah, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, but do you think that would be? It's a good idea that the, that Luke might become the big baddie. Yeah, and then have Ray take him down. Yeah, eventually, in the, and to me, in the next movie, that's what's going to happen. Right. Ray's going to have to be the one to take him out. Yep, she, that's going to be her struggle, is how does she take down a guy that she respected so much and was thought this you know this amazing Jedi. And we'll go back to what I've been saying right along from uh, Force Awakens is that she's a Kenobi. Yeah. Because it's got you got to tie everything in there. Yep. And then I want to go back to something you said, too, that the last Jedi you didn't think was a reference to Luke because technically Luke is not yeah, Jedi, the last right. Jedi. He was never trained as a Jedi Knight. So it would make sense if it's the last Jedi and Luke kills Snoke and right. Snoke was Plagueis, who used to be a Jedi a long time ago. Right. And there you go. Ding, yep. ding, ding, ding. It all lines up. It all works together. I am easily, I'm like kind of a scary, like I said, if this all lines up, I'm going to be like, ha, 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 I called that a year and a half ago. If it doesn't line up, I'm going to be like, damn it, I suck. <laughs> and I probably will be a damn it, I suck. But yep. it, I'm kind of excited. It would be really cool for it to happen. So, and that's why I think Jar Jar is a total porg. He has to be. He is. Yes. <laughs> okay, now, what he said was that uh, Andy Serkis is playing Caesar from, Mor from the Planet of the Apes movie. Oh, yes, is yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, Okay, you're I thought at the end he would transform and be like, my precious. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did, but it, is, it says Caesar. <laughs> oh, okay. So I just want to wrap this up really quick. Last Jedi, are we excited to go see it? I mean, what do you think, Eric? Are you, are you like, I'm going to be there in a midnight showing, or is this kind of like well, a... Well, I didn't buy my tickets, so... and if I haven't yet either, and that's the really weird thing. I hear people already having trouble getting tickets for early, sh you know, showing. here's the thing, thing, like, I know they're saying that more. they're having problems right now. And like the week before, they'll open up five more theaters. Yeah, I and went and saw no The problem. Force Awakens. Didn't buy my tickets till the night of the show. Right. Got into the theater, and I was sitting there going, there was no one else in the theater for like 20 minutes. Yeah. Because they added it as a last minute showing, and everyone else already had their tickets. So. Now, the one thing I am kind of interested in, which I think would be a good idea, would be an interesting idea, and I might try to do it, is to go watch The Force Awakens 
which they're going to have just before oh, the play, it. Oh, where they do the playthroughs. Right, where they do the playthrough, and yeah. then you go right into The Last Jedi. Yeah. And I actually, I think that's not a bad idea, because I'm not sure I remember every little detail within The Force Awakens to remind myself before right. I get right. into The Last Jedi. I might go do that one, just to, well, just to it, watch it, Force If Awakens. you get a ticket for that, give me one, too, then maybe okay. I'll watch uh, The Force, Force Awakens. Awakens with me? <laughs> That might be the only way you can torture Gary into watching it with me again. <laughs> I am getting more and more nervous about the Empire Strikes Back references. I okay. Am. Okay. And that's something I will unfortunately be watching for because it was my big problem with The Force Awakens. I get it. But because if my if my theory is correct, which we just talked about. I shouldn't have any issue. You're not going to have any worries. Okay. And that's fine. And I'm it'll be like not. a... That'd be great. I would love it if so, that's the case. Yeah. Um, because we were just talking about that too. Yeah. I was hoping that that's... I'm hoping I'm telling that's the case. I'm telling you, I'm not a prequel hater. I know. I still think that the prequels were, to me, good because they told something different and they followed a different pattern and, you know, they didn't repeat the first three Star Wars movies. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, they had their issues, but I still like them and they they set groundwork for a lot of mythology. And it explained why Anakin did go to the dark side. Right. Yeah. I mean, it did set up Anakin's storyline very yeah. well, I thought. Uh, yes, could the acting have been better, all that? It was very much Lucas directing and yep. it was of its time, but... So what do you think, Gary? Are you excited to see Last Jedi? I mean... More um, than The Force Awakens? Or are you still feeling the same way you were feeling during The Force Awakens? I'm still feeling... The same way? Yeah. Okay. So what's um, it going to take for the two of you to feel excited about this? Or feel like you're walking I, I away... I will admit, I will admit, in The Empire Strikes Back, the walkers were mostly filmed walking from right to left. In this, they're clearly walking from <laughs> left to right, and that's very different. So they are, they are going differently. <laughs> If they show one of them, just get up and go, Puma, Puma. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, what would it take for you guys to be like, I love this one? What would it take? Oh, coming out of it? An yeah. original, just be original. Okay. Just, that's what I'm looking for in my new Star Wars movie. I'm looking, we have now moved 30 years beyond Star Wars. I want to see a true extension of the story that's that adds to it. Okay. And they, yes, did Force Awakens do that to some extent? There, there are new characters, there are new things, but it was too much a retelling. It's too much a, a redoing of A New Hope for me. Okay. Just just expand now. Just let it be something new. That was one of the exciting things about the original trilogy was every time a new movie came out, it's like, what worlds are we going to see? And what aliens are we yeah. going to meet? And what new, you know, what are we going to explore? That's Yeah, and I understand the whole idea of uh, cyclical nature of storytelling and the repeating themes and the motifs that come back over time and, you know, people trapped in their own destinies, blah, blah, all that. Still, you can tell a new, you know, make the story new enough. And that's what I'm looking for. Is if I get that, I'll probably come out having enjoyed the movie. And I think that was the trap of the prequels. We all knew the ending. Yes. We knew Anakin would turn into Darth Vader. That We all knew that was going to be... And to me, that was the trap of the prequels. We already knew the outcome. Yes. So it didn't matter how you told it. We knew what was going to happen at the end. And I think that was a danger with the prequels. And yet I still think the prequels did it well. Yeah. Even though you knew yeah. that was going to be the end point and, and how that was going to happen. I thought they did it well. The, the, the prequels gave us epic lightsaber battles. Absolutely. Truly. Some of the best. Totally changed how we look at a lightsaber. Force Awakens didn't give me it. No, I will give you that. Yeah, I will give you All that. All right. Okay. And, and everybody's complained that, well, you see Yoda hopping around after he sets down his walker and he's spinning around and everything else and then you see the uh, uh, lightsaber battle of the New Hope and the Empire in Return. It's really stiff and everything else which back yeah. in the day that's what, yeah, I mean, what it right. was. Right. It was more like sword fighting than it was uh, a, a mixture of MMA and right. lightsaber fighting. Yeah. Okay. Then you come back to you know 
30, 40 years later, and you got uh, a stiff lightsaber fight again. Yeah. So let me ask you, Gary, what would it take for this movie to make you go wow and, and, at the end? I mean, like, realistically, what would it... What what would you need to be able to see or know or, or feel coming out of this movie for there to be a wow factor for you? Cut the ties from the old ones. Okay. Which means kill Luke, Leia, the, the whole whole group, even Chewbacca, kill him. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you're just that, saying like cut all the old stuff out and just let no, just, it, just, just let it focus on Ray and Kylo, right. and maybe that storyline, and, right. and maybe the the Chewbacca, Leia. And Luke's storyline gets wrapped up finally, right. and that's it. Right. I, I could I could be for that. I could I could agree with you on that one. If we try to drag out the Luke Leia Chewbacca storyline into the next movie and maybe even the next trilogy, I'll agree with you. Now we're getting into old tied up stuff. I'd rather focus on Ray, Kylo, Poe, right. and that group I, of people. I would be perfectly okay if Luke being the the Jedi Master that trains him. I, right. I, I could be okay with that. Right. As long as he at this point kind of takes a back seat yeah. to what's going to happen next. I agree with you. Uh, tra- train whoever and then uh, gets killed by Snoke or whatever yeah. it is. Just, yeah. like, just like Vader took Here's the only thing, right. though. I, I gotta... S- you know what I need to see in this movie? What's that? Luke be a badass. At least for one scene. Okay. I don't think he's gonna. Everything I'm seeing makes it seem like he's a total pacifist now and, you know, he no. that's where they're going with it, but... Uh, another part for me that would be awesome is if he does go Sith... He uses the Joker voice. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny as I'll get out. Okay, so those were our thoughts on the three trailers we talked about tonight. That would be Stranger Things, the season two. I'm sure by the time this comes out, you'll probably be watching that show. Uh, the New Mutants trailer that comes out in April for New Mutants. And by the time this episode comes out, I might be watching that too. <laughs> no, come on, you're <laughs> killing me. Star Wars The Last Jedi. Get off my back. We've been out promoting ourselves <laughs> at Comic-Cons and whatnot. So please, we'd love to hear what your thoughts are on all of this. And uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say. And again, don't forget, it's episode 199 there's going to be all sorts of cool prizes given away and you want to listen to the rest of the episode because in a minute we're going to come back and we're going to re- review episode two of the orville which we've decided is like the new star trek it's just awesome that way so we'll be back in just a moment folks to uh, watch and talk about episode two of the Orville. we'll be right back after we navigate through this promotional tunnel Hey, Galaxy Cast fans, it's that moment you've all been waiting for. Your opportunity to win a gift from the Galaxy Cast team. So here's how it works. In a minute, I'm going to read a question to you out of the Obsessed with Star Wars Test Your Knowledge of a Galaxy Far, Far Away question booklet. If you know the answer, you're going to text your answer to galaxycast at gmail.com with the correct answer. This time around, if you get your answer correct, you're going to win a trade paperback edition of the comic book for The Empire Strikes Back. And you're also going to win a poster and a set of 3D glasses from the original release of Star Wars Episode One in 3D. That's right, the 3D release, which came out, oh, about six years ago now at this point. So here's your question. The question is, which form of lightsaber combat training did Anakin Skywalker study? Is it Form 1? Is it Form 4? Is it Form 3 or Form 2? You're going to email your answer to galaxycast at gmail.com along with your name and your answer. And again... Your potential prize is a trade paperback of the Empire Strikes Back comic book from Dark Horse Comics. 
and the poster from the 3D release of Star Wars Episode One, along with the special edition 3D glasses that you got when you entered that movie. So email those answers to galaxycast at gmail.com and listen for more potential prizes in the next five episodes. We look forward to hearing from you. Have you ever needed to cry but just couldn't produce the tears? Maybe you're a kid looking to get more attention and free stuff. Or maybe you need to go to a funeral for someone you really don't like. Introducing Onion Eye Drops. Because we believe the world could use just a little more tears. Disguised as regular, boring, run-of-the-mill eye drops, Onion Eye Drops is the premium moisturizer for the eyes of the absolute coldest of hearts. They're so effective that even Jason Statham swears by them. A lot. Just squirt in a couple drops, and you'll be crying more than a grown man does while watching Terminator 2. Not made with real onions. Users who experience waterworks for more than four hours should consult a doctor. Eye drops may cause a stinging sensation, which may result in tears. Tears are not guaranteed. May result in the Zika virus. Find onion eye drops next to the salty bandages at a store near you. And remember, if you'd like to learn one of life's most valuable secrets, just send $20 to the announcer in care of this station. And by return mail, you'll receive your very own copy of the exciting one-and-a-half-page book entitled Why You Should Never Send Some Guy 20 Bucks Just Because He Asks You To Over the Radio. I thought I was marrying an Italian. Then through Ancestry.com, we discovered I'm actually only about 8% Italian and mostly English. Not just English, freaking royalty. Trace my roots back to King Charles II. That's when I started researching my own ancestry and found out that I'm a distant relative of, get this, his sister Mary. What a coincidence. We were family before we were family. It's kind of romantic. Uh, kind of. <laughs> Just two generations later, our family... The families. ...was well removed from the throne. Those ancestors came to America. But all but two of them died in a common cold epidemic. Really bad immune systems on account of The surviving duo was an aunt and her nephew, Mildred and Gentry Malloy. At least they thought it was just the two of them. But just before they arrived, Aunt Mildred realized she was pregnant. A love story. Family making family. Be still my heart. Mm-hmm. Now, when we say aunt and nephew, realize this was another time. I mean, she was actually younger than him. So really more like uncle, Look, niece. the kid was Mildred and Gentry's only child. He grew up, moved west, had 17 kids with four wives, and that's when the family tree really starts to branch out. And I uncovered another surprise just before we came here. You know how we figured out that your dad's brother was put up for adoption? Mm -hmm. I found him. Turns out he's my mom's second cousin. Oh my god. Right? And we were always like, isn't it so crazy we have the same last name? <laughs> Technically, it's legal for cousins to marry in dozens of states. We're long lost cousins. <laughs> oh my god, I love our story. Let's have a kid. Fight for the galaxy with the incredible weapons of the Jedi Knights. The Luke Skywalker lightsaber and the new Darth Vader lightsaber. Both with blazing extendable light blades and three real movie sounds. Clash and strike Star Wars lightsabers. That is not included. It's all separate from Kenner. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? 
then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world. Thank you for your patience as we navigated through the promotional tunnel. And now we return to the Galaxy Cast. Hey folks, welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast as we talk about Season 1, Episode 2 of the Orville titled Command Performance. So this was an interesting episode. I think this is the first time we finally get the Orville to take off on its own little mini-mission, and it gets to do its own little thing. Now, I I thought this was interesting because it explored characters, it explored a storyline, it explored fears, it explored a culture, and how that culture functions. So there's a lot going on here. First off, I think the one thing we can kind of get out of the way, which is a setup, and I know Eric doesn't know this, but for episode three, which is the whole situation... Oh, I, I assumed. Yeah. yeah, and the fact that the, they have an egg that they are brooding, sitting on, basically. Um, all I could think of was green eggs and ham. What's the... <laughs> Dr. The Seuss? Yeah, Dr. Seuss. There's the one Sam character, I Am? Thank you, that sits on the egg. What's the character that sits on the egg oh, all the I, time? No, you're thinking Horton from Horton. Horton Here's Who. That's what I was thinking he, of, yes. Horton sat on an egg. For, Correct. It wasn't Horton Here's a Who. It was another episode, another Horton story. It was another character but within the Horton story that, that sat on an egg. And I don't know why, but the Mocklins reminded me of that character. And it just it kind of brought up that, that memory a little bit as a kid. So, you know, that was kind of an interesting a side note. But it was kind of one of those weird things that kind of took a character out of the episode. And I, was, I at first I was kind of, yeah, you know, like, but then I kind of was okay with it at the end. It kind of wrapped it in and it, it worked itself back around and I was okay with it. So, Eric, I have a question for you. Because the first time around the first episode, you were like, the humor was just too much. Like, you couldn't handle the humor. It was just too, like, in your face. Was it better this time Absolutely. around? Absolutely. This episode had a lot better of a balance. Yeah. There was only one or two moments where it, came out a little bit and I was just like still pulls me out a tiny bit but nowhere near the first episode for the most part I like the balance that's why I kind of held back when you said that about the first episode because I'd seen this one just before we had recorded and I was kind of like because I was like yeah it, it gets better I mean it still comes back and I'll warn you as we keep watching at some point the Orville we're probably gonna go into Rebels next week but as we keep watching the Orville which we'll catch up to later it, it kind of goes in and out, like where there's episodes that are really serious like this one, and then there's episodes that have quite a bit of humor thrown into it, too. So it's just kind of like it's a mixture of like episode one and two, almost like every other episode as the series goes on. There's there's definitely some humor thrown in, but then there's a lot of And like, like I said, I don't mind stuff. the humor when it balances right. Right. And when it's not overly crude, for crude's sake. You know, as long as it's, there was a lot of humor in this episode that I felt worked. So yeah. So it was good. Like I thought the humor about the, the mom and dad... You know, and all the references Oh, there. yeah, that whole was conversation totally was good, yeah. You know, the the humor about the brownie, I thought that was, you know, it all fit in, and it was kind of good, and it all worked within the episode well. There was great, there was great character development, too. I feel, it's like, 
we're only in the second episode and everyone really stands out as their own person to me. Whereas a lot of shows, I could be several episodes in <coughs> rebels <coughs> and be like, boy, <laughs> I'm not, I don't feel like I, <laughs> I don't feel like I know these people, but in this episode, in this, I'm already feeling that to some extent with, with yeah. a number of the characters. So, yeah, that's the weird thing. Like you're, you're into the second episode and I already feel like I know, you know, several of the characters, I, I kind of feel like we know Clyden well right now at this point. Yep. I kind of feel like we're starting to get to know Bordis a little bit and his species and the fact that they have eggs and all that kind of stuff. I even felt like Dr. Finn, Claire Finn. In she this did well one, in this episode. I like started that. to kind of expand her character. And I started to realize, too, she's a little bit like Guinan. In a way. Yeah. There's, a, there's quite a few characters in this episode I kind of felt like started to kind of... You know, uh, Mercer and Grayson, even, we kind of got to know a little bit more thanks to them being stuck in that Earth-like zoo th- thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And we got to know what what they were like as a couple together. So, yeah, I definitely think there was a lot of, a lot of things. But to me, the big one was Alara. I mean, we got to know Alara. I thought it was interesting that somebody who's got all this amazing strength was so afraid to lead. Yeah. A ship, and I I liked that. That to me was so human and so cool. Well, what's also interesting with twice her uh, summoning drinks. Yes, I wonder if it alludes that she has a little bit of a, a drinking, drinking problem, problem. Maybe later on. Yeah, uh, maybe. You know, she reminds me, and I, I know that sounds weird, but it, like almost like Captain America, where Captain America was always the big, you know, strong guy, but he never really wanted to lead because he was always afraid he would make mistakes as he led, and he he was fearful of mistakes and what that would mean to other people and other you know races and beings and i think that kind of came across with alara and and I, that was good that that it's weird to say this but it humanized an alien mm-hmm. that we're learning about in in a show so that that was kind of cool so what did you guys think of the role of having this ship that was like a macguffin to lure them in to capture the captain and the was that like a like a cool way to I kind of show it. that? I thought it was neat. And I like the fact that, you know, their technology is so advanced, they can read your brain and they can create a visual that you're fooled by. You know, you believe you're talking to a person you know, or you believe you're seeing your parents or, you know, whatever it is for all the different races they've obviously captured. And really, it's just a transporter that's disguised as the entrance to the ship. And you walk into it and you're gone. And it's, yeah. it, it's, I could see where they would capture lots of species that way if they're that sure. technologically advanced. Yeah. It, it's a brilliant trap. Yeah, I have to admit, the trap was brilliant to a large extent. And and I thought it was it was great the way they, they not only lured, they lured them in, but they didn't know until the last second. And they couldn't react to the fact that the whole thing was a trap that got sprung right. on them. I mean, to an extent that it, you know, it, it it's kind of like, wow, you know... It, it's impressive. I mean, to think about how they they trapped this this particular group of people. What did you guys think of the role that Scott Grimes and who's the other guy who's lead and the console in the front there? The two gentlemen who are uh, playing the ensigns. Jay Lee. Uh, Jay Lee. Thank you. Uh, which is John Mar, John Lamar. What did you guys think of the two ensigns in this episode? Scott is coming together even more as a character. I I recognize. Um, yeah. You know, the first episode, he was a bit too jerkish. Like cocky. Yeah, too, too cocky, yeah. too jerkish in a way. This episode, he came across more as just, you know, he was the straightforward person. He was yeah. the one who would argue with when she became captain and made a decision he didn't agree with. He, he's not the type who's going to be like, yes, sir. He stands up and goes, 
you're doing something horrible and, you know, is kicked out for it. Yeah, for standing up for what he believed in. Yeah. So he was, I liked him in this episode. I, I liked his, I liked his personality a bit more. He, he's, he's clicking a little better for me. The, the two are a good duel for me. That's kind of what I kind of felt like too. Like one's the straight guy and one's, it's almost like a Laurel and Hardy. You know what I mean? Like where one's the really straight guy and the other one cracks the jokes all the time mm. and they, they play off each other really well. And that's I what need, they reminded me of, you know? I need to know more about the Jay, Jay Lee's character though, there, the, the second guy. I, I don't Yeah, we don't feel, know much about him I don't know yet. much about him. He's a straight man, but yeah. I, wanted, I want some background on him. I want to put some into context who he is, why I'll, he is. And I'll I think agree with you there. We're going to yeah. need that in an upcoming episode. What do you guys think of the ship? I mean, we haven't talked about the design of the ship too much. I love the ship. And the look of the ship. But what do you guys think of it? Well, it's totally next generation from 1990s. You know, you oh, know yeah. late 80s, early 90s, whenever. It's it's that sparse, everything's clean, everything's smooth, no clutter. Even the inside of the design yeah. of the ship is that way, which reminds I mean. me of next generation, Yeah, too. very much so. And it's like, you know, all their rooms and stuff are... It's, it's so much an homage to next generation. No, it, and it completely is an homage to the look of that show. It does feel at times it could use a little more in terms of personal personality, personalization. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a little too sterile at okay. times, but I, you know, we're just getting into it too. Yeah. So I like their little 10 forward restaurant, whatever, you know, whatever they call yeah. it. I thought that was nice. And uh, I don't know. I like the ship. I love it from the outside. I just, I, I think it's a cool design. It's got the TARDIS inside though. Yeah. It's bigger <laughs> in the inside. It is right. on the outside. I, I get that. Yeah. It looks like that for sure. And I, I love the scoop design. I don't know why I like the wings in the back, but there's something about the, like that scooped wing design that I, I find appealing. I like that actual design. I think it's almost better than the Enterprise in that regard, at least as the aerodynamics of look of it and the feel of like there's three engines pushing this ship forward and really moving it through space. I like the design of the ship, and that helps to kind of move me through like this is a really cool show in the idea that I want to see that ship and what its capabilities yeah, yeah, are and absolutely. things it can do, you know. But the inside, I agree with you, it's so sterile. And the only thing that kind of sticks out when you have a situation like that, like when they had the Kermit the Frog, it was just so there. Yeah. Because it's the only thing in the room that doesn't have that sterile feel and look to it. And so it became a little too obvious that that was going to be a thing that they were going to talk about because it just stuck out from everything else that was that was in the room. What did you guys think of the solution at the end? It was interesting. I have a little trouble with it. Little spoiler alert, by the way. Yeah. The problem I have with it is that she doesn't get references other people are making. Like when he says, you know, a a white guy can go to Compton when he's got a black friend with him or something. And she's like, I don't get what that is, but yes. You know, and she keeps going. But she knows about reality television. She had enough uh, of that kind of memory of human culture that she could... And maybe that's, you know, like I said, maybe that's part of her. Maybe she sits at home watching it and we don't right. know. And that's a bit of her character. So I, I'm willing to, to bypass it. But it was it was an interesting solution that let's get this a super intelligent race hooked on trash TV. And they, you could, I love the shot at the end where they're, everyone's watching it wide eyed. Yeah. Know, and they're just staring what? at it and they're scrolling going, it's the greatest thing we've yeah. ever had in our zoo. Keep it for the Kardashians. So, the dynasty. What is this reality? Yeah. So I liked, I liked, I thought it was interesting. You know, well, it was a nice well, little joke. Maybe the uh, two pilots suggested that to her too well, yeah right. that's true she did say i got it from right and she mentioned yeah the, one the guy. two the two pilots yeah. and I, I'm thinking that's where she might have gotten it from and the thing i like about it is they're going to be watching this all these reality shows and they're going to go dumb <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is, i think the commentary they were trying yep. to make which is nice yeah i think that was the implications yeah. of the whole thing what did you guys think of, of the role that clyden played i mean he played a pretty major role in this episode 
I mean, not only is the guy who came up with, you know, using the hologram projector to make the ship look a particular way, but he was the guy out in front towards the end because they needed a species that was more advanced than these guys technologically. I mean, he definitely played a major role in this yeah. episode. Do you like the way he kind of fit into the whole ship and the crew? And like, did you feel like you got to know Clyden a little bit more, even though he's supposedly this robotic creature? Did it fit in? They did some nice touch. They did a, a little nice flourish there where he still condescended to them while yeah. while giving them while, while totally going along with the plan. It was this nice balance of he's condescending while that's just his nature. It's not right. meant to be insulting. It's by just how he feels. So I like that. I I still feel like his visual just. Something about him is still too generic or, you know, the, just the two glowing eyes and the simplified suit and the, the, the walking with the hands held forward, the, the kind of for, for, old for, school robot. For an advanced species, he sure is uh, basic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the one thing I, that's been striking me as I've been watching the show further is he reminds me of the robot of oh, what's the British TV show that mocked out all the science fiction shows? Uh, Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf. Yeah. The robot on Red Dwarf who used to walk like this, right? Like and walked around with his hands in front of him. Like if you watch Clyden, that's what he's doing. He's got he's got his hands out here in front of him like that, and so like he's got this data esque feel to him, but then he looks old school. Old school. Yeah. Which is kind of weird and and really kind of different. It's almost like a throwback C-3PO. In a way, like, yeah. way back, you know, like, I don't know. It, so at times he he kind of throws me off a little bit with the way Clyden is standing and the way he's reacting to things. Now, now, now what if we find out that he's just a little bitty guy about four <laughs> four inches? On up in, the up inside in the operating yeah. the thing? I, actually, that'd be kind of funny if yeah. that is, you know, like almost like Men in Black you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that would be cool. If they, if they actually show that later and that's, then I actually would be okay with it. Because then it, it would kind of explain his, his right, manner as well. Right. It would explain how the robot body is weird and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But it is kind of cool the idea that we still haven't explored this creature yet. Yeah, I mean, technically we haven't explored very many of the cultures at all. No, you know? we're second episode, which is right. what's funny is that two episodes in and we're talking about how much we already do know, which right. means they're really doing a good job of, of dropping like al- information. Alluding to things yeah. without telling you straight out what you need to know. And like, again, so here. Disney and Rebels and other TV shows need to look at shows like this and say, see, this is smart TV. This is stuff that assumes that people will get implications. So if you imply things within your episode, we'll get it. We're smart enough. But I just wonder up on what it stuff. is they're doing, you know, like specifically. They're doing something that's that's giving you enough that it's they assume working. assume that you know certain things about species because they're referencing it. So, like, talking about having an egg. They assume we all know that that means he's going to sit on an egg and the kid's going to hatch out of the egg. They didn't have to explain that. Right. They just mentioned it. And they just kind of assumed we would pick up on the rest as we went along. And we did. I think the same thing's true when they talk about... Alara. thank you. I'm still trying to remember names. Yeah. They they assumed once they explained to us that Alara's planet has different gravity that we all got, oh, so she's stronger. Right, right. So there's those little things that they don't have to come out right and say, but could kind of imply that we go, oh, okay, I get it. And I think, too, one thing that helps is some of the things they do is memorable. There's just something about the way they act that makes them a little bit memorable. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's working for me. I still can't quite put my finger on why, but it's, I mean, maybe it's a nostalgia button. I mean, I, I, really, say, I think it hits on, for us, it hits on that, that feel-good Star Trek Next Generation Yeah, and I feel. do. I feel like I'm watching Next Generation 
with only a slight, you know, pull out from, from seeing Seth MacFarlane and from some of the humor. You know, it's like he still is, he's Seth MacFarlane, you know, he's right. not, a, he's not Captain Jean-Luc Picard, he's not Captain Kirk, he's not Benjamin Sisko, you know, he is, he's, he's, And I think you expect, you go into the show almost accepting that, you know what I mean? Like, you're okay with that, knowing it's Seth MacFarlane running the show. I am, but it still, it still pulls, he still pulls me out of the okay. reality a tiny bit, until he really gets into the, ca- he needs an episode where he's really in the captain role, and isn't, okay. and isn't like so, uh, you know, my colon's okay. And, yeah, and snarky. He, 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 I don't mind the snark, but he needs to pull off some amazing captain-like feats. He needs to be smart, and he needs to solve something without it being either an accident or people help him or whatever. So uh, he needs one of those episodes where he's really a captain for me to kind of see him less as Seth MacFarlane and more as the captain of the ship. But again, I think that's something they can very much do. Now, Gary, you pointed out when we first started watching tonight, who's one of the producers of the show, which I didn't catch before. Yeah, Brandon Braga. Which, wow. (laughs) For those that don't know, Brandon Braga produced... Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager... Right, he played a major role in all of those. Yeah. So the fact that Seth MacFarlane brought him on board, I think actually says a lot. I think it says how much respect he has for Braga and his thought process behind the Star Trek shows and the fact that he's executive producing this, I think, says something. I I, I, I mean, why didn't Discovery grab Brandon Braga? That, that part of my brain goes, wait a minute, you have people out there right. who've been around. Why aren't Star Trek shows grabbing these people? This is really dumb. And instead, Seth MacFarlane grabs him. Yeah. And- instead, Discovery gets Brian Singer and different right. people who have not really been tied to the Star Trek franchise. Because I, I get it, they're trying to... They're trying reinvigorate to reinvigorate yeah. because it hasn't. We haven't had a TV show on for a while. Me a Coke, Jinx. <laughs> 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 we scanned each other at the same time. <laughs> but it, you know, so I get that that's what they're trying to do with Discovery and and open it up to a new generation and all that. But the you know Star Trek is Star Trek's been on enough and for so long now with a certain set of rules and guidelines that to drastically go away from those rules and guidelines makes it feel less like Trek. It's very hard to break that mold and say, we're still Star Trek. So, And that was the issue I had with so much of the first episode of Discovery that I'm not having with Orville because Orville's saying, I'm, I'm in that universe. I'm yep. going to follow those rules. Yeah. And that's that could also be why the characters are working so well for me is I don't have to think hard to accept everything else going on in the universe. Right. Because I'm familiar with this universe. Right. Even and though we're not. Even though but we're we not. Are. We are. And with Discovery... I didn't feel like I knew that universe right away. It didn't, right. you know, the technology didn't feel right. The, even, even the though Klingons were, yeah, don't the feel Klingons right. The didn't feel right. The opening sequence on the, right. on the desert planet. Yep. I'm like, I don't know this planet. I don't know those people. You know, there was so much visually that I'm trying to adjust to with that. I think a lot of it may have to do with the fact that I feel like I already know the surrounding environment and the set of rules that this show is going to operate under. It's all stuff I could just put in the back of my head and not even think about and be focused more on the characters and the story. Whereas with Discovery, I was very focused on, all right, well, what are they trying to say here? And what level of technology are they at? And why are people fighting? And you know, I, right. there was so much that wasn't Trek right. that it, I didn't feel I wasn't pulled in. So do you think that's the reason why a lot of Star Trek fans, because I've been watching the internet, are upset with Discovery? Is all those reasons right there? Is it just doesn't feel like they're Star Trek that they're used to, and they don't want that. Star At least Trek in the that... early episodes, I can't speak for the later ones. I've I've heard we that apparently yet, episode so. three or episode four they said were really good. Yeah. So maybe it does find its you know its it yeah its, I, I, its niche. What, what, yeah. what I see is a split camp on the, the actual Star Trek fans. 
Yeah. Either they love it or they hate it. Right. A discovery, you mean? Right. Yeah. And the ones that love it hate the Orville. Right. Yeah, I have noticed that. There's this weird balance. Like, if they love Discovery, they hate Orville. If they love Orville, they hate Discovery. Doesn't seem to be a branch that's on right. both sides. And Why it, do you think that is? And it seems that the ones that like Discovery and, and hate the Orville, anybody that says anything against the Discovery, you're, you're an idiot. I have to you know, admit, that, they're, that, they're very I'm, defensive right. if, if you don't like Discovery. And right. I mean very defensive. I've been online in some message boards. I mentioned, like, I don't like the Klingons, and I don't like the way they made them look Egyptian and weird and didn't like the implications behind them. And I got jumped on. You know, you don't understand. There's different clans. You're not getting it. And I'm like, I'm just telling you my opinion here and why I don't like it. And, yeah, they're very defensive about, like, apparently I'm not open-minded enough to understand there's different right. plans with the, 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 the biggest problem I got with Discovery is Spock's father raising a, a Yeah, raising a human. A human. Yeah, which would not have been something that would ever have happened before. And, and, and there's no talk about it in the original series or none. No. Right. And it seems like if Spock grew up with this kid... Especially human. Right. Within the Vulcan world, they would have been discussing it. Right. You know, it would have been something that came up. And I agree with you. And I, I also think that... I think the the reason they don't like the Orville, I'm, and I'm being honest here, is because it's Seth MacFarlane. I think yeah. that actually ticks some well, people yeah, off. He, he's got he's a love it or hate it type person. There's right. people who think he's hilarious and smart and has done great TV, and there's people who think he's a one trick pony and just stupid and crass, and they don't like him. And it's very hard to fall in the middle ground. Where here's the thing: I like to think I fall in the middle ground because while I like. Seth MacFarlane and a lot he does, I do think sometimes he has a tendency to, to go too blue for no reason. Like, I don't see the justification behind certain things. and But I do like what he's doing with Orville, but I got my issues with it, blah, blah, blah. I also liked certain things about Discovery, thought I could grow into it, you know, like the tech, you know, even though the technology didn't quite line up, I thought there were neat details about the universe. I do want to see more. And the fact that we hadn't even seen the Discovery yet. Right, like the actual you know, ship. So there's, there's a lot we don't know about that show. So I'm not, I, even while, even though I didn't enjoy the first episode at all because it betrayed so many things that to me were Trek, I also go, well, we haven't even seen the ship yet, so maybe that was intentional. Maybe, you know, we're introduced to these characters a certain way to kind of right. build up the storyline. So I'm, I don't, I just don't get the whole, well, if you don't agree with me, you're wrong mentality. Yeah, I've grown up in fandom. The whole, it's it, it's one or the other. It's extremism. It's you can't be, you know, you can't, it sounds like politics. But I you, was about to say, that sounds very political. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you've got to be all really far in one direction or really far in another. And if you go anywhere in the middle, for some reason, that's horrible. You're wrong. Yeah, yeah you're the yeah. worst. You yeah. know, it's like, and I, I hate that demonization yeah. of the middle ground. It's like, yeah. I, I can like both. Right. You know, I'm hoping, I would like to see Discovery succeed if it tells good stories and feels Star Trek to me. Right. I'd be fine, you know, I want to see what that, if, if they show regular looking or, you know, other Klingons and we see these guys at the same time and they make a point of going, hey, this is just one tribe that looks different. That's fine. There can be variants in a species. I get right, that. Right. So as long as you make those points and you, you, you tie it into the, to the tradition and you don't ignore what came before, I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it. it at some point. Like I said, I, there's things I, I didn't it. like about it, but I got to see more. Yep. Orville, I love the retro feel. But I have certain issues with some of the humor that I just feel is too out of place or, you know, sometimes a plot point that's too convenient or, you know, just whatever. Yeah. So 
I definitely lean more on the Orville side right now. I'm enjoying that more than I enjoyed the one episode of Discovery, but I got to give both, ep- both both series more episodes to see what I think. But I don't think there's anything wrong with liking both if you can, if they both end up being successful. Yeah, if, you find value, it. if you find value in both, yeah. why, not, why not let people like both, I guess? That's, yeah, that's my it, it's like I think they should have had a two-hour premiere of Discovery so everybody could, could, could watch it and get it. Get, they needed to get farther into the story, right, especially yes. if they're starting a series not on the Discovery. At least get on the ship. Yeah, get, get to the ship. That I, It just was an odd choice to start. Again, maybe there's reason, but it just yeah. felt like it was an odd choice. Well, I think their hope was that people would get so intrigued they'd want to go see the show to find out what the ship looks like right. or whatever. But to me, the draw wasn't – it wasn't enough of a draw. And you know what I – this is the really weird thing. I think it's kind of throwing some people off about this show. It's not really typical Seth MacFarlane. No, it's not. This is not the Seth MacFarlane we're used to. We're used to Family Guy. We're used to American Dad. And this is not the Seth MacFarlane that's being presented right now. And I think for some people, it really is throwing in the off going, wait, wait a minute. This is not the Seth MacFarlane I know. But people who know him personally... This is the intellectual Seth MacFarlane coming out in this show in spades. He loved Star Trek. A lot of people right. don't know that about him. And I think he's trying to pay a really good homage to the Star Trek that he grew up with and loved. Yes. And really is trying to give a good homage to that. And it's kind of ironic because here we are sitting talking about the Orville and we can't do anything but also talk about Star Trek. Well, we have, it's funny because it's just, it's just so the two connected. things are so connected. And I think that's exactly what Seth MacFarlane wants. He wants us talking about both because even though he's not in the Star Trek universe, he is in right. the Star Trek universe. Yeah, and that's he, what's kind of cool about this show. Yeah. So let's rate this one. So tens being a must see and zeros that don't bother. I rated first last time. So who wants to go What'd first? You, this I'm time trying to remember what we gave the last episode. We were pretty high. Like we were sevens I, and eights. I think we were sevens and eights in the last one. So I, who wants to go first this time around? I'll go. Go ahead, Gary. I'm giving it a six. Okay. I don't really care about the zoo part, but I know it was the plot point for this this, this episode. I liked how they got trapped and basically they had to come together as a young crew. crew. To go get go get the captain and first officer. Okay. All right. I'll guess I'll go next. I actually gave this one a nine. I liked it for a couple reasons. First off, I liked the fact that this young crewman ignored an admiral and broke orders and did what she thought was right over versus what was she was ordered to do. Star Trek used to do that all the time. I actually kind of loved that about Captain Picard because a lot of times he'd do what he knew was right as opposed to what he was being told to do. I liked the trap. I thought it was brilliant. I actually liked the zoo idea itself. I thought it was kind of a funny way to introduce the idea that species could be capturing other species, not for slavery, but for viewing pleasure. You know, I thought the the resolution at the end of the reality TV was a great resolution. I liked the way all the characters worked together as a team. Even when it came to dealing with the egg, they were still working as a team to help him out. And I, I I also like the fact you leave it on a cliffhanger. You know, the fact that you find out it's a it's a girl and they're like it's not supposed to be that way and they just leave it that way. That felt so Star Trek y to me because how many times in Star Trek, the next generation, do we leave it on a cliffhanger and they just go, That's it, end of the episode. We'll check that out next time. You know, and that was just so cool. And it just so reminded me and it's retro, it so reminded me of next generation and I that's why I loved it. I thought it was a great nine. Yeah. Eric, what do you think? I'm going to give it a seven. 
Okay. I liked, I actually didn't mind the zoo idea, even though it's been played out before in countless sci-fi tropes. Something about this zoo, though, kind of felt, unlike Next Generation, where you never really felt a lot of threat, you always knew somehow it was going to be wrapped up at the end. Right. Just because of the way this show is, the zoo felt more imposing to me in in a bit of a way. Like I almost, you you can almost worry, especially when they talk about the little kid that's been there for eight months and the... You know, the people and everything who are, who've been there for, thir- one guy had been there for 31 years. Yeah. You feel horrible. And it makes you feel horrible about real zoos, you know. Right, like how, what um, are they doing so, to animals? Yeah, so it had that little, you know, of commentary going on, which is mm-hmm. always the best. Trek always had some sort of commentary on Especially things. to modern politics. Yeah. yeah. So I liked, I, I thought the zoo was okay. I kind of like being in, I like that it was their apartment that we've already seen. We saw it in right. the first episode. So we see it again in the second. It's a nice little callback and it ties in continuity wise and everything. Sure. And it allowed as a, as a story point to introduce us more to their history. You know, it's, let's tell more of their story by putting them back in the past. So all that I liked. The one thing I actually didn't necessarily like her decision-making process as the captain okay. because it seemed like it took several people telling her she was wrong to go, Oh, I'm wrong. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. she 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 would have if it wasn't for both the doctor and like uh, what's the, I can't think of the guy's name who's the the one the the, the ensign oh the ensign up front yeah the the, the, the driver <laughs> Mal yeah Malloy Malloy Gordon Malloy if it wasn't for Malloy if it wasn't for the doctor she would have gone right back you know and she I don't think she would have questioned it too much she seemed to question it but she seemed to fall into the role and it seemed like you know and granted she's she's green she I almost wish. It wasn't people just telling her she sucked, right? That took her to be like, "Oh, I guess I'm making the wrong decision." I wish she. I wish there was some sort of cue that allowed her to realize herself okay. that you know it was more internal than external. Other than that, I thought everything was pretty cool. I liked the pacing of it. And I thought it was. I thought it was a well done episode. I'm not saying it's an excuse, but I always took all of that as her being so unsure of herself because of it being her first time, right? So that that's the way I kind of interpret. And it. I get that too. I I just wish the decision making process had been something. A little more internal, a reasoning that. that she had come up with, not that everyone had told her. Right, I get what and you're And that's saying. that's all. But you know, it meant it's a character with flaws too. So maybe sure. I like that about it as well. So overall, I thought it was pretty cool. I liked I liked how it all flowed. It was a very it was a well done episode. And it it just feels like old Star Trek. Yeah, so and, I like that. And what's interesting is none of us have said don't bother watching this. We've just said we're kind of on different planes. Yeah, of like yeah. how far into this particular we like this episode we are. I want to see more. I agree. So we're gonna we're gonna continue on with Star Wars Rebels next week, but as soon as Rebels has a break, I think we'll go back to episode three of the Orville. I don't want to throw this away. I want to keep going back to the Orville. Maybe at some point over the summer, next summer, we hit up Discovery too. I think it and would like behoove catch us for our our fans to watch Discovery and talk about it too, because I really think you know we're juggling all these things. But Rebels is going to come to an end soon, and we're going to need to be looking at something. Yeah. And well, I think Discovery would be a sometime, bad thing. I think Orville would be a bad thing. I think sometime this year we're going to hear what comes after Rebels. I, I have a feeling too, yeah. Before I, Rebels is over, we're going to know what's I next. Yeah, I think there's going to be some other cartoon coming along somewhere yeah. along the way. I really do. Either that or a live action show. I, who knows? We hear, I hear, you know, you always hear rumblings about yeah. that thing. Yeah. So that was our thoughts on this episode of the Orville titled Command and, sorry, Command Performance. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Head on over to our website, galaxycast.com, and we want you to contact us either through social media, on Facebook, go to our YouTube channel. That's right. Go to YouTube and look up GalaxyCast. Go to our Twitter page, The GalaxyCast. Check us out on Twitter. Or email us at galaxycast at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought of this episode of The Warville. I almost said Rebels. That's awful. 
and we'd love to hear from you. And again, if you write to us, we'll make sure that you are on the air and we'll make sure that we actually uh, put your comments in air and we'll talk about them ourselves. So as we always like to say, when we end off here at the Star Production Studios, may, may the force be with those who listen. And don't forget, folks, next time is episode 200. We hope to see you then. And, and Eric is going to reveal Bob's shadow Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed this show. Were it not for you, our loyal listeners, this show would not exist. We appreciate your time and want to hear from all of you, since our podcast is by fans and for fans. Head on over to our website at galaxycast.com to find out more about our show. Write to the show by sending an email to galaxycast at gmail.com. If you have something positive to say, use the subject line, We like and use a show. If you have a complaint, make your subject line, You've failed me for the last time. And look for the Galaxy Cast on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and other media soon to come. Carry on, wayward travelers. Warp Factor 2. First star to the left, straight on till morning.